What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hi, friends. Dr. Joseph coming to you today for our next uh, day here in our podcast, and I'm going to be reading out of 1 Samuel chapter 6. I'm going to be reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. So uh, let's read this. When the ark of the Lord had been in the land of the Philistines for seven months, the Philistines summoned the priests and the diviners and pleaded, What should we do with the ark of the Lord? Tell us how we can send it back to its place. Now, let's stop right there for a second. If you remember, they had. Uh, they had, the Israelites had lost the ark, as you just heard about. It had been in the temple of Dagon, and there in the temple we see this uh, almost this miraculous way in which God is revealing His holiness to the people. Uh, the Philistines, in, in particular, whenever they tried to put the ark in the same place of worship as one of their false gods, and we end up seeing how the false god falls down. Uh, before the ark, uh, and it's this uh, amazing picture of how there is nothing, uh, no one, no God that can stand against God. So um, yeah, it's just this great reminder. So with this, the Philistines, they are upset, and they want to as well return back, uh, re- return back the ark to the Israelites. And so let's listen. Verse 3, they replied, If you send the ark of the Israel's God away, you must not send it without an offering. You must send back a restitution offering to him, and you will be healed. Then the reason his hand hasn't been removed from you will be revealed. Stop right there for a second again. Even the Philistines recognized just the power, the magnitude of God, and they recognized as well, which was almost common practice of offering sacrifices to a deity. And so they're saying, hey, if we return this back, we, in order for us to try and be in some way uh, in the right standing of of this God that they just didn't worship in any way, we need to give something to it in order to make this right. Verse 4, they asked, what restitution offering should we send back to him? And they answered, five gold tumors and five gold mice corresponding to the number of Philistine rulers, since there was one plague for both you and the, your rulers. Make images of your tumors and of your mice that are destroying the land. Give glory to Israel's God, and perhaps he will stop oppressing you, your gods, and your land. Why harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened theirs? When he affected them, afflicted them, sorry, then they sent Israel away, and Israel left. So the story of the children of Israel had spread throughout uh, the land. It had spread and had gone uh, and just showed its, uh, itself. And so even what happened to Egypt was now spreading across the land and the power of God uh, with Israel. Verse 7, Now then, prepare one new cart and two milk cows that have never been yoked. Hitch the cows to the yard, but take the calves away and pin them up. Take the ark of the Lord, place it on the cart, and put the gold objects that you're sending him as a restitution offering in a box beside the ark. Send it off and let it go its way. Then watch. If it goes up the road to its homeland toward Beth Shemesh, it is the Lord who has made this terrible trouble for us. However, 
If it doesn't, we will know that it was not his hand that punished us. It was just something that happened to us by chance. So what are they doing? They're taking uh, two cows. One, to try to separate a mother cow from his calf would have been a very, um, uh, it would have caused a, caused a lot of chaos for that cow. And then to take it and put a yoke upon it, it was just going to be this total sign of a cow to be under control in, in this moment that would have been in total chaos. And they're, so they're looking at this being a symbol uh, that this is God and uh, God's work behind this in order to bring the ark back to the children of Israel. And then they're even going to use the path by which it goes. Verse 10, the men did this. They took two milk cows, hitched them to the cart, confined their calves in the pen. Then they put the ark of the Lord on the cart, along with the box containing the gold mice and the images of their tumors. Uh, the cows went straight up the road to Beth Shemesh. They did exactly uh, to, to reveal that this was God behind us. They stayed on the one highway, lowing as they went. They never strayed to the right or to the left. The Philistine rulers were walking behind them to the territory of Beth Shemesh. The people of Beth Shemesh were harvesting wheat in the valley, and when they looked up and saw the ark, they were overjoyed to see it. So here you have where they are, uh, the ark is you know, it's not being directed. Instead, you just see the ark on this cart and it's on the way. It has two cows that are there on the way and it's just showing up to this, this house, Beth Shemesh, and, which means house of the sun. And, and so uh, whenever the people see, here's this cart, the showing up with the ark, they celebrate, right? Praise God, it has come back. The cart came to the field of Joshua, verse 14 of Beth Shemesh, and stopped there near a large rock. So the, the cows stopped walking. The people of the city chopped up the cart, offered the cows as a burnt offering to the Lord. The Levites removed the ark of the Lord along with the box containing the gold objects and placed them on the large rock. So it would have been only the Levites that would have been able to have uh, held the ark of the uh, of the covenant. So they are following the prescribed way in this. The day the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and made sacrifices, that day uh, to the Lord. When the five Philistine rulers observed this, they returned to Ekron that same day. So now here's even a testimony to God's work of what's happening here as he just uh, he's revealing, he's showing that this was God's plan all along to re return the ark back to God's people. Verse 17, as a restitution offering to the Lord, the Philistines have sent back one gold tumor for each city, Ashdod, Gaza, Ashkelon, Gath, and Ekron. The number of gold mice also corresponded to the number of Philistine cities of the five rulers, the fortified cities, and the outlying villages. The large rock on which the ark of the Lord was placed is in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh to this day. He's talking about present a time. Verse 19. Here's what's kind of interesting. And this is where we're, we're really going to focus in more. God struck down the men of Beth Shemesh because they looked inside the ark of the Lord. He struck down 70 men out of 50,000 men. The people mourned because the Lord struck them with a great slaughter. The men of Beth Shemesh asked, Who is able to stand in the presence of this holy Lord God? Uh, who should the ark go to from here? 
they sent messengers to the residents of Kiriath-Jerim, saying, The Philistines have returned the ark of the Lord. Come down and get it. Verse seven, or Chapter 7, verse 1. So the men of Kiriath-Jerim came for the ark of the Lord and took it to Abinadab's house on the hill. They consecrated his son, Eleazar, to take care of it. This is where I want to focus in the, the rest of the time. What do we see happen? They their their celebration ended whenever they they started to look into the ark that was there. And what were they doing at this moment? They were in this moment, they were wanting to get a glimpse into the holiness of God. And, and in fact, we, we see here in this passage that they were actually disobeying God by simply looking into the Ark of the Covenant. And, and we'll even see this later on in the series of time whenever the, they tried to move the Ark in a wrong way. And they reached out, they touched. L listen, God's holiness is something not for us to um not for us to mess with in any type of way. God is holy. He is He is separate. He is perfect. And we can't, in our humanity, in and of ourselves, we can't grasp this holiness of God. And it's a powerful thing to stop and think about the holiness of God and what He, he calls us to. But in this as well, we see as well this this call for holiness is a reminder for us as well that, yes, it sets God apart, but it also is something that should draw us in. Uh, and let me just kind of explain this a little bit more. You see, uh, David Guzik does a great job explaining this. He says, holiness is not so much achieved through our own efforts, but it's received as we're new men and women in the presence of Christ. You, you see, holiness is a something that is imputed. It is given to us through the righteousness of Christ. We are invite, invited then to be sharers of Jesus's holiness, as we see in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 10. And even though God is holy and he is a, apart from us, listen, he doesn't build a wall around himself Instead, he calls us to share in this. And we see in 1 Peter chapter 1 that we're called to be holy as God is holy. And, and so it's not something that we gain. It's not something that we earn. Rather, it's something that God has for us. And, and we need to understand that. Are we to be fearful of the presence of God. Yeah, we ought to be in awe of God's holiness. But don't let the awe of God's holiness be something that pushes us away. Instead, it ought to be something that draws us to, to worship of Him, to honor Him, and to, to do things the way that God designs because He is an authority. We are not. He is all-powerful. We are are not. And for, and for the, the people of Beth Shemesh, that was a lesson that they had to learn. It is that 
you know, God's holiness is for him, and he calls us to partake in it. He calls us to be a part of it. But listen, there are his power, his presence, right? His goodness. Those are things that are reserved for him and for him alone. He's not trying to hold something behind his back. But we have to remember as well, we are not God. God alone is sovereign. God alone is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. And we are invited in to be a part of this holiness. And, and so sometimes that's a hard thing for us to grasp, right? Because we end up being asked this question of, we end up asking, how can I be made right with a holy God, right? What, what am I to, to really, um, you know, how can I experience this? And here's the thing to remember. It's only through what Jesus did in the cross and in the resurrection that I am invited to be a part of the holiness of God. I'm able to be a partaker of it. It's through what Christ did. Because Christ's death, burial, and resurrection, it imputed righteousness upon us and imputed God's holiness upon us and i'm able to be sanctified through god's holiness uh, in this way i'm able to be declared justified in this and, and so let it be something that we recognize that god is holy but let us be drawn in to worship him more than anything else not to push away so, guys, I hope this is just a word of encouragement to you today. And, and as you just think about your worship today of God, may it be something that we honor and glorify him. We serve a holy, righteous, powerful God. But let us be drawn in worship to him, not pushed away by any kind of means. God bless you guys. Look forward to the next time to be able to connect with you on the podcast. And I hope that you're continuing to listen in as we enjoy this time together. God bless you guys and talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.